everyone, how are you doing? We are all so excited to be here today. Um, this is the first episode to the Progress Podcast. Let us tell you a little bit about ourselves, what we do and what we will be covering. So we will be talking about various topics from work to life and money advice. Let's start with myself. My name is Eliana Intagia. Some of you might wonder where the accent comes from. I am Greek. I am a second year journalism student studying at the University of London. My passion is writing features, investigative journalism, and now I guess podcasts. I'll pass you over to Greg. Hi everyone, glad to be on the podcast. Glad to uh, meet the listeners. Yeah, I'm Greg from, from London. I study at City University as well. Um, I have a big passion for sports journalism and I'd quite like to you know, develop my career as in broadcast or writing or anything that will take me generally. And um, yeah, I'm interested to learn more about careers and employability and that sort of thing on this podcast with these guys. Uh, yeah, and I'll hand over to uh, Kez. Yeah, I'm Kez, also at City. I'm from Bristol. Um, I'm really excited to be doing the podcast. I think I'm probably going to learn as much as our listeners throughout this whole process. Yeah, passing on to Aria. Hi, my name is Aria, um, at City as well with everyone else. Um, I want to, I'm really passionate about features, um, but I want to go into broadcasting, um, radio and TV, hopefully, um, and also some freelance work as well. Great, thank you guys. So today we are talking about a very interesting topic. Our first episode is on imposter syndrome. We realise that many of us have gone through it. And we felt like it was quite important to further develop and discuss this subject. Now, many people do not know what it is, including myself. I had never heard about it until recently. Of course, now I do know what it is and I will try and explain it to you guys as well. But let me clarify to you that having had imposter syndrome is not something bad. And it is not recognized as a disorder in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of mental disorders. So what is imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome was first brought to light in 1978 and is a condition that represents successful people who, despite their goal victories, fail to disguise their achievements and have self-uncertainty and fear of being exposed as a fraud. People battling with imposter syndrome do not credit their accomplishments to their actual capability Rather, they attribute their triumphs to other factors like karma or help from others while thinking about misfortunes as proof of their professional deficiency. So if this sounds like you, then you probably have got imposter syndrome or have gone through an episode of imposter syndrome. Um, Has any of you guys felt like this? Like despite your victories, you don't recognize your successes? Uh, for me personally, um, I haven't really experienced this, but I'm very curious to know about everyone else. And during this podcast, I'm super curious to learn more about imposter syndrome. So I hand this one over to the other two. I think the uh, main way for me that imposter syndrome kind of manifests itself is through me not applying for things. Um, like even if I know that I've got the skills for it, I feel like even though I've got those skills and I learned those skills through uni or some professional work, um, like professional um, school or whatever, 
it won't I won't do as well in a professional workplace with everyone else I feel like they'll all be better than me and I won't be able to come up to the mark so I think that's one thing um yeah that's what I do notice quite a lot in my life or when I'm and I think it'll get worse when I'm getting um like older and trying to get like more long-term jobs I think I think I'm exactly the same as Aria I always put off trying things that even though I'm probably qualified to do I always think well no there's going to be a hundred people better than you so I always I don't like trying new things either I always find that hard just in case I'm awful at it which is silly so that's really interesting when the concept of IS was introduced it was originally thought to apply to mostly high achieving women but since then it has been recognized as more widely experienced And even if it's not a proper illness, you can see whether you have imposter syndrome or not. So when you achieve success, you attribute it to luck or describe it as a chance. You might even feel relief or actually distress in place of happiness and pride. And there is that persistent self-doubt which illustrates your past, current and future experiences. It's important to know that nowadays many can confuse Um, imposter syndrome with self-doubt and you can realize whether you have IS by frequency so ask yourself is your self-doubt developmentally appropriate is it a persistent nagging ongoing experience or is it a temporary situational experience so while I was researching um, I found that around 70% of people will experience at least one episode of imposter syndrome during their lifetime, which is a very big number. Um, It can affect anyone from the most successful CEO, businessman to a college student. And according to a 2020 review, up to 82% of people will experience imposter syndrome, again, such a huge number. The numbers, of course, do vary depending on who participated in the study. It's important to highlight that many people experience symptoms for a limited time, such as in the first few weeks of a new job. However, for others, the experience can be lifelong. Now, I will pass you over to Kazaya, who will explain the different types of IS. Uh, Thank you, Eliana. So in the 80s, um, psychologist Mallory Young identified five different types of imposter syndrome. So I thought I could read them through and then we could all see which kind of imposter syndrome we all have. Because, you know, 70% of people, we all probably are a little bit of an imposter, have a little bit of imposter syndrome. So the first one is the perfectionist. And perfectionists set themselves excessively high goals. And when they fail to reach these goals, they get major self-doubt. They worry they're not measuring up. And they're kind of like the control freaks. Everything has to be perfect and everything has to be amazing and if it isn't it's a disaster so there's a number of questions that they use to identify whether you're a perfectionist or not so the first one being do you have difficulty delegating tasks and then when you have delegated tasks are you frustrated in the results like if your teammate doesn't do something in the way that you would do it um when you miss the insanely high mark on something do you accuse yourself of not being cut out for your job Do you feel like your work must be 100% perfect 100% of the time? So success rarely feels good for these people because the standard is set so high for themselves. And then secondly, we have the superwoman slash man. 
and these people feel like they're not as good as their colleagues so they often work extra hard to try and you know measure up to their peers because they don't feel like they're good enough but this is just them covering up their own insecurities so these sort of people would stay later at the office than the rest of the team they like do you get stressed when you're not working like do you find downtime wasteful do you have you got rid of all your hobbies and passions so that you could work more do you feel like you haven't deserved your achievements like your degree your education because you you think other people have worked harder than you and these people are addicted to the validation that comes from working. And then we have the natural genius. So these are the people that would always get A's at school. Um, if, it's, if they don't get it right the first time, they think they failed. And they base their competence based on how easy and how quickly they adapt something. So, you know, are you used to excelling without much effort? Did you have a track record of getting straight A's throughout school? When you're faced with a setback, does your confidence tumble because you're not performing well provokes a feeling of shame? And do you avoid challenges because you don't think you'll do well at them? Uh, fourth, we have the soloist. These people want to be independent all the time and feels like asking for help reveals them as an imposter. They feel the need to firmly accomplish things on their own. So the phrase, I don't need anyone's help. Um, just If that sounds like you, you might be a soloist. And then lastly, we have the expert. Um, experts measure their competence based on what and how much they know or can do. They believe they will never know enough and that they're going to get exposed as being inexperienced or unknowledgeable. So, you know, do you shy away from applying to job postings unless you meet every single educational requirement? Do you constantly seek out trainings or new certificates because you think you need to improve your skills in order to succeed? And if you've been in your job for a long time, do you still feel like you don't know enough in the role? And those are the five types of imposter syndromes. So I was wondering if anybody um, relates to any of them. Uh, yeah, it's, it's super interesting. And I think if any of them, I reckon a soloist. But I think that when I'm in going into a future career, anything further down the line, I think these could pop up more. I think that right now I haven't, I can't really say I've experienced it so much, apart from maybe the soloist one a bit. Yeah. But, what, yeah, what were you going to say, Aria? I honestly feel like I'm all of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, the expert, the soloist, the, um, okay, not the natural genius, but we'll skip over that. Um, the superwoman and the perfectionist. Like, honestly, I get this on a daily basis. Maybe because, like, that's, like, the culture that I grew up in. Because, like, very competitive, very, you have to get good marks, et cetera, et cetera. So I kind of, I think I adopted all these different types. So, yeah, that's nice to know that I've got imposter. <laughs> that's, that's very interesting. I always like... knew it a little bit, not going to lie. I always knew that there was something <laughs> like that. I was researching, yeah. and as I was reading through, I was like, oh, God, I do that. I think like that. <laughs> oh. I agree with what Aria said. It's crazy, because... I didn't even know it was a thing, but I guess everyone feels it, but no one says anything. So it's really, really interesting to know that other people go through it too. Yeah, I had a good, when I was listening to that, the one thing I thought was, could the perfectionist be seen as maybe an advantage? I don't know what you guys think, but to me that sounded like, I kind of wish I was a perfectionist. I know that sounds a bit messed up. But, but I think it's like when you get like a really... Um, big high like if you get a really really big mark on one assignment for example yeah and then you completely fail the next one or you don't do as well and like not near as well 
then that kind of drops it's like when you're um like when you for example eat like sugar or something like that you get a massive high and then it kind of just drops if you don't uh, maintain it yeah that's what, I think that's the thing like a lot of perfectionists I have um seen a lot of perfectionists like get anxiety or depression or anything like that because they just don't feel like they're measuring up to what they're what they set themselves even if it's not a societal thing it's like a I need to do this kind of thing yeah that's interesting maybe because they hold themselves to such high standards I guess it is a good thing but as Aria said it can really affect you on your lows and your confidence can go down and where you had done so well and now you're not doing well you're kind of questioning yourself. So why, why is that happening? My brother is just a natural genius. Like there's no imposter syndrome attached to it. He's just a genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think comparing yourself to others sort of like surely like enhances imposter syndrome? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think that's what the superwoman, superman one is. It's the constant feeling of like, I'm not good enough. These people are better than me. Yeah. Because everyone everybody's different I mean, aren't they? yeah I think there's a di- there's a massive difference like there's you need to draw a line between saying I compare myself to like other people sometimes like it's a healthy comparison because I do think there's a healthy comparison that you can make with other people because if you for example a role model and if you yeah. see them and you want to be with like be like them definitely like compare yourself here and there but I think it's like that a fixation on I have to do better than this person, this person, this person. That's when it gets kind of imposter syndrome and can cause you to get anxious and things like that. That's where it's like you have to draw the line and be like, maybe that's not just healthy anymore. It's it's kind of worse than that now. Yeah, because everyone's got like different timelines, different skills. Like people who achieve things at different times throughout their life. Maybe it'll be later, maybe it'll be earlier. So like compare, yeah, I think you're right. Comparing can be healthy in a way up to a point but then maybe maybe not when it's like oh I've got to do better than this person than this person okay so how it negatively impacts success so there's many ways that um imposter syndrome can cause you to actually like stop you from success at being successful or stop you from succeeding at something or whatever that is that could be social life that could be your um workplace your school anything so the first way it negatively impacts success is a lack of confidence so it stops you from doing more essentially um because there's this need to not be found out as an imposter so you tend to take tend to lay low um, for example in your workplace you don't take on responsibilities you don't take on leadership roles even if they might be offered to you you kind of refuse them or you try to stay back um, back of the crowd so like out of sight out of mind for your um, leaders or your managers so they don't like pick on you or ask you to step up because you feel like you won't be good enough um another one is waste of energy and this is a big one because imposter syndrome takes up a lot of energy just like with anything else for example anxiety or depression or anything else that you might um experience in your life thinking about something too much takes up way too much time and space and energy um so it stops you from doing the best you can in any kind of environment that you are um in so instead of um, proving to everyone that you can do well at your job, you're proving to everyone that you're actually just, you're genuinely just wanting to be there. Like you're trying to prove to them that you deserve to be there instead of that you can progress. So um, yeah, like in, uh, in the workplace, it is essential 
for example, that you show um, that you're good enough to progress, for example, to a managerial pro or just to get a promotion, any kind of promotion that could be, um, to show that you're, uh, you can take on more. Uh, but with imposter syndrome, and if you think like that, that you can't do more and that you're not good enough, that stops you from doing that. I'm not sure if anyone else has like kind of felt that way. Yes, I 100% feel like that all the time. Um, I feel like I have to prove myself most of the time. And I think young people do in general, because when you go somewhere new, you feel like you're the new person there. So they don't know how good you are. So you have to prove to everyone your worth, I guess, which I, I don't think it's fair because you are there for a reason and they have selected you because of your qualities. So why have you got to constantly prove that? Yeah, definitely. I think there's also that fear of failure. So even like whether you're in the job or whether you're just applying for a job, it stops you because you think you're not good enough to get there in the first place and then to even get a promotion or anything else when you're in the job. Um, for example, this has happened to me so many times. I said before, it stops you from applying to things, stops you from taking opportunities. Like that saying, you know, you miss all the shots you don't take. It's like imposter syndrome is exactly that. It stops you from taking those shots and eventually that will um, stop you from succeeding in whatever you want to do. The second to last one is lack of personal credit. So another way um, imposter syndrome can negatively impact success is that it causes you to attribute your successes such as winning an award or getting a promotion to simply luck or chance. Um, it might not sound so bad but it can be a recipe for disaster if you discredit all your achievements in the name of luck. So if you're just saying to yourself that you're not good enough then that cycle is just going to keep repeating itself in any um, circumstance. So if you keep thinking that you're you just got this because um because of luck then the next time you're in that position and for example you're in, in like um a race for a promotion or something like that you won't think you're good enough again so it's just a cycle that keeps going on it's again that feeling of being a fraud as well thinking you're not actually any good and that might mean you don't try your best either finally and this is kind of a big one as well, is physical and mental health problems. So anything can lead, if you think about it too much, if you kind of focus on it and you fixate on it, can cause you to have mental and physical health effects. Um, so imposter syndrome in itself is built on a foundation of anxiety, self-doubt and guilt. So all of these are extremely negative feelings and emotions that you keep hiding in yourself because... Um, even though that 70% of people might have this syndrome or this thing, a lot of people don't talk about it. Like, for example, I haven't really talked about this any other time than, than in this space, in this environment right now. Um, I'm sure no one else has. Eliana, I don't know if you have talked to anyone else about this. No, it's actually my first time. And I have learned so much from this podcast and looking into IS. And it's actually quite nice to talk about it. It's quite refreshing. Super interesting, guys. And uh, I'll just add that in, in my next section, there is a good point of a way to overcome imposter syndrome is to talk about it. So, yeah, we'll get on to that later. But it's good. Yeah, I think it's good that you guys are talking about it for the first time. Like I said, like, it's it's really unhealthy if you keep all these negative emotions um, hidden and... Of course, that will take a toll on you, um, both not just in your work life or your school life, but also on your social life, because it does manifest itself into all, all aspects of your life. I think 
what Kez said as well, the different types, that those different types can be attributed to all aspects of your life. It's not just work. So I think that's an important um, connection to make as well. I'll go move on to Greg for ways to overcome imposter syndrome. Yeah, so I've done a bit of research on this and the number one thing that comes up everywhere is to break the silence. So essentially to start talking to your colleagues, to say you get into a place of work um, and you're feeling like an imposter, if you talk to your colleagues, most likely, since you mentioned earlier, 70% of people uh, have the sort of similar feelings. Like if you talk to someone, they will understand and it will make you feel more confident in um, in the workplace. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever done that, but I, I might try that I think, one. I think that's so much more easier said than done. Yeah, do you think? Yeah, definitely. Like, yes, you can say, talk about it. But when it actually comes to you feeling that way, I think more than anything, I find it a little bit embarrassing. I think more than anything, you feel embarrassed and you feel like you will get judged from your colleagues because, well, I don't really speak to anyone about how I feel or my insecurities, I guess, to people I don't really know that well. So it's quite hard to actually go into a new workplace and start telling them about um, what you don't like about yourself. Yeah, important to remember, though, that maybe 70% of people um, so seven out of ten chance to personally talk to <laughs> has had it as well. Um, and then the other uh, stuff that I was looking at suggested to always focus on the positives. And this sounds super cringy. And you guys tell me if you'd ever do this. But it's like look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself or, or even you can write down like the good things that you've done in a job and like focus on the positive things you've done and the skills that you have. And if you write them down or if you say it, it will like sort of um, reaffirm with yourself that, you know, you are good enough uh, and that you can do this job. Yeah, to be honest, that makes kind of sense because it's like affirmations. People say that in front of the mirror to themselves, like, I am good enough. I am like, I'm this, I'm that. And it does work. I have noticed people that some people um, that started doing it, their confidence levels went up. Like their whole mood went up because they believed what they were saying. Like even if you started not believing, if you do it every day for a month or two months, eventually your mind will start believing it as well. Like it's You're just like tricking yourself, aren't you? Yeah, it's like that thing. What was that? Um, I'm pretty sure I read that if you smile, even yeah. if you're not happy, like if if you're upset or something, and you just smile, your brain will instantly feel happier if you get what I mean like it, they will yeah. it will release hormones like happy hormones that's that like people have a laughing group don't they have you seen them so no. <laughs> oh yeah people start laughing together like just, they'll fake a laugh and then so many people will join in laughing that that's also a health benefit laugh. as well apparently laughing yeah. they just start laughing for real and it looks so funny I do think affirmations work because you are constantly telling yourself positive statements that do help you, um, I guess, challenge and overcome self-sabotaging and your negative thoughts. So when you constantly repeat them and believe in them, because that's really important, you have to believe in what you're writing down, you do start making positive changes in your life. Of course, affirmations are not for everyone. They don't work for everyone, but they do help reduce stress and anxiety. So 
Yeah, exactly. And then, so the next point I have is which I think this is the most uh, valuable and important one, in my opinion, is to develop a healthy response to failure and mistake making. So once you, well, once you fail, it's important to realise that, oh, no, I'm not a failure, I've done it wrong. It's most important to realise, like, this is something that you learn from and you move on. So you you make the mistake and instead of feeling like an imposter, you got to remember that everyone successful has failed so many times. And I'm going to sound like a, a primary school teacher here, but I have a Michael Jordan quote. <laughs> he said, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. Um, I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over again in my life. And this is the most successful basketball player of all time, is always failing. And the same thing Henry Ford also said it. Failure is only the opportunity to begin again more intelligently. So I think that is so important if you fail, just to remember that, you know, this is an opportunity to learn. And next time, you, you know what you've done wrong. Because if you didn't fail, you would never know what you, you know, how to improve on it. And that reminds me, when I was talking about how it negatively impacts success, a big thing is that if you do ever fail, and obviously everyone fails, right? But if you do ever fail, you then feel like worthless, that you'll never be good enough. And I think that's really dangerous, like super dangerous to have that mentality. And um, that's why like, if you do feel like you have imposter syndrome, you have to face it and kind of recognize it straight away and kind of do things that will help you. Because if you don't and you keep it like that, it can have like a completely like, um kind of just completely mess up your mental health and things like that it's like like I said before a massive high and then massive like massive lows it's not good like it's not a healthy relationship with anything you know it has like consistency is a key thing with every part of your life so um and I think imposter syndrome like stops that consistency it's either very good or very bad there's no in between yeah I think with human nature to fail you know you'll get you're going to fail you're going to mess up you're going to embarrass yourself and that's life and you know life goes on it's just how learning how to like pick yourself up and deal with it and not getting hung up on the little things and to add to that failure is an opportunity and it's a chance to I guess reevaluate and come back stronger which sounds super cringy but take your failures and turn them into lessons and how I say it usually, you usually reevaluate and come back with better reasoning and you just get another shot to try it all again. And it's very, very important to remember that if you are feeling like an imposter, it means you have some degree of success in your life that you are attributing to luck. So instead of focusing on what you didn't do that well, focus on your successes and turn them into gratitudes. And I think that's such a good way of looking at it. Um, if you've got imposter syndrome, you must be doing something right because you wouldn't have those feelings if you were failing. You, I think if you do have those moments of doubt, then you just need to put it down to, well, I must be doing something right then. Eliana, were you a primary school teacher in your past life? Because honestly... Oh, probably. Probably <laughs> I love it. I love that we sound like primary school teachers. Um, and the final point that I have is 
the ability to fake it till you make it. And I know it sounds stupid, and I know people joke about it, but faking it until you make it is a skill that the most successful people from uh, this bit of research, they consider like winging it or faking it till you make it a skill rather than a bad thing. Because the ability to do that, because nobody knows everything. So at some point in your life, you're going to have to wing something or you're going to have to fake it. And if you have an ability to fake it and to make it, this is a, a big advantage. So I think for me, that the uh, the failure thing is definitely the most important there. And I don't know if you guys have ever faked it. That reminds me of a, a video that I saw. And it was about, basically, the moral was that if you're confident enough to do something no one will blink an eye so this this kid pretended like he was um working for a company etc and he just like I had a clipboard in his hand and started moving tables around in a room with full of people and no one blinked an eye because he was so confident in doing it he didn't care what anyone else was doing and like it's like no, no one, no one asked him questions. No one looked at him weirdly. It's like it's that fake, say, uh, like same thing, like fake it till you make it. Because if you're confident enough in front of other people, even if you're faking it inside, you're like crying. It's fine because on the outside, if you seem confident, no one will care or no one will blink an eyelid, like try to question you or anything like that. I don't mind the whole fake it till you make it concept if it helps people, but I think you need to draw the line because you can end up living in a made-up world and it can backfire. And I think it's the reasoning. Why are you doing it? Um, I think faking it until you make it only works when you identify something within yourself, which is obviously holding you back, and you then go and work on it. So behaving like the person you want to become is about changing the way you feel and the way you think and that's how it's only going to work yeah and I have actually just one final point I know that I said that was my final point but I just thought of one more um if you are comparing yourself to people compare yourself to these people right Tina Fey Maya Angelou and Michelle Obama they've all had imposter syndrome in their life so I think it's important to remember like the most successful people they even have this it probably even at a high level, if you're like more successful, don't you? More Definitely. Think, That's such a good point. Yeah. Okay. Thank you guys. That was a very enjoyable conversation. I've certainly learned a lot. I hope that all the listeners have learned a lot. And um, yeah, we really enjoyed that. We hope you did too. We hope that you follow us on our Instagram at underscore the progress podcast. And we hope you join us for our next episode. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening.